I'm totally guilty of the millennial pause, sitting down, making a talking head video, classic UGC style of like, hey guys, I love this product, look at this product with me, and you're not using it, you're not doing anything, it's boring. I don't have a lot of this content in my ad accounts, this sort of classic UGC review. I try to get creators to be as active as possible. Mostly that revolves around what the product is. I feel like a good example is like, if it's a water bottle, fill up the water bottle, drink out of the water bottle, put your ice in it, set it up. And it just makes things a lot more organic feeling and also just interesting to watch. Movement is a big attention trigger and also it helps whoever's in front of the camera loosen up a bit and do a better, more engaging job. Are you a Shopify brand owner looking to win, keep and grow your customers? Everyone knows apps are fast becoming the best way to increase retention and boost sales. A sleek and engaging app normally means two things, time and money. But AppTile have changed the game. Their seamless no-code editor enables beautiful personalized journeys for every customer. And with their free plan, nothing is stopping you from getting started. You'll pay as you grow, not as you go. So whether you're just starting out or a Shopify superstar, head over to apptile.com today and start designing your dream app. It's all killer, no filler. I'm Eric, the vibe curator here on the D2C podcast, and I'm here with Cam and Avery. I'm wearing my new Zara shirt for summer that Cam called out just looking at it. He's like, that's a Zara yeah, shirt. I know this is a podcast uh, and, and people can't see Eric, but he looks phenomenal right now. <laughs> I he like, looks well, great. Go to YouTube, do the gentleman's agreement and go to YouTube and subscribe there. He called me out on wearing the Zara shirt. It is a compliment, but it did trigger me. It made me think about triggers that, you know, there's negative triggers. But today we're talking about positive triggers that you can kind of look for in your short form ads on uh, TikTok or Reels, Instagram. And Avery is our trigonometrist expert here to talk about the attention triggers that she looks to create in the ads that she creates as a content manager at Pilot House. So Avery, welcome to the All Killer No Filler podcast. Thank you. Trichonominous is also great. My dad's going to be stoked. He really wanted me to be better at math. So <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> bridging that gap That's funny. in his dream for me and what I actually do. Nice. So why do you need triggers? Just start us with the why. Why do you need to be thinking about your, your social ads in terms of the triggers? Yeah. So short form video and just content in general now, like we have such a limited attention span to work with generally that you basically get three seconds to trigger someone's attention and to have them decide like I'm actually going to watch this video so the attention trigger is basically just like the way that you do that within the first three to five seconds of a video so it can be music movement there's tons of different ones that we'll talk about but yeah it's basically just that trigger to say like this is worth my time and there's so much to overcome in in the because you're instantly looking down or I am to the bottom left on TikTok like is this an ad oh it's an ad switch you know it's an ad get rid of it so like, you have to overcome not only you have to have their attention but you have to make them either not think it's an ad or or grab them enough so that they're not going oh it's an ad and skipping yeah yeah for sure I like when I see a video that successfully triggers my attention and it does it in a way that I don't look to that bottom left corner it's like that's a good ad. You know what I mean? If something is going on that's like that exciting in the actual video and you can be tactical about it and like try to make sure the excitement's happening in the middle of the frame instead of in the bottom <laughs> so people don't see it. But yeah, it's definitely an impressive thing to do. So talk to me about auditory triggers. What are what are the, the music triggers that you look for or that work well? Yeah, so music plays a big part, especially on TikTok because um, typically on Meta, on Instagram, people are predominantly scrolling with their sound off. But on TikTok, it's so driven by audio. So 
what I look for is something that's typically sped up, which is really interesting to me. Like music that's just music typically gets sped up on TikTok. And it's because like you have that three to five seconds. You want to make sure people hear the part of the song that's like the most exciting and the juiciest bit of like the chorus of the bridge. So people just started speeding them up works really well. So sped up music as well as like a remix. Um, there's different types of remixes, but this sort of like night version type of like heavy bass sped up remix does really well on TikTok. So I'll literally look for that in videos. And again, it's more organic because you're going to be using the same music as videos like that are are not ads, right? So you have that opportunity to be more organic, more native by using the same sounds, the same music that yeah, organic ads are using. So already you can kind of camouflage yourself a little bit there. I find that scoring audio is so challenging. I'm actually would love to pick your brain on what your process has been, like probably in collabing with our like design and creator team. Do you find trending audio or find your audio track and then build content like from the audio track or do you do it the other way around and like think about your content and then score it? Yeah, it depends on the product. So if it's a product that is just like in nature, visually appealing to watch it do its thing then I'll essentially just like find trending audios and place them over the product. But if it's something that takes a little bit more like explanation and it might be that not that cool and exciting to actually just look at, then that's when I sort of base the content around the the trending video. But if it just looks sick, then it's like I'll sometimes literally take a take an audio that's trending and then speed it up because I know by the time like the ad gets momentum, the regular version of the song is going to be like a corporate signal like people are going to understand like that trending Lizzo song is going to be really lame in two weeks you have to use the sped up one so I'll preemptively speed up songs before it's like sped up on TikTok just to like give myself that buffer because they get remixed they do get remixed and sped up on their own they get remixed to five other memes you know by the end of their meme life cycle and it's just this amazing opportunity to be able to use these sounds like use this music like it's i guess it's you know i don't we don't know the legality of it necessarily right now but it's like it's this gray area where you can use lizzo's song you can use this trending music is there consideration to that like is there are there any issues with that yeah, I always say it's sort of like up to clients on organic, like you can just basically do what you have to do on paid. It's a little bit different. So one thing that's also really fun about music as a trigger on like talking about paid ads is sometimes like literally singing the trending audio is really embarrassing. Like singing it yourself, recording yourself, singing it or humming it is so embarrassing to do, but it's very humbling. And I feel like people on TikTok like to see you kind of be embarrassed so it's a weird way around it like you have clients who don't necessarily want to use licensed music literally recreating it yourself is a great hack works pretty well again embarrassing to do have to swallow some pride to like sit there with my airpods and um the trending was song but it works Ooh loud! I just have that. I have that LeBron James ooh loud in my head all day because I saw he released a new ooh loud video for Taco Bell or something, and it's just like I forgot that that was originally LeBron James too that did that back in the Nike commercial in the 2010s. Wait, so for the for the record, Avery, you're, you're talking about like you would just sit there like in your I don't know like I forget what it's called like the recording app or something on your iPhone, and you would literally just like hum it, and you would take that audio track and then it on yep. top of video content or you're like talking about literally video content no just <laughs> not the actual video of me doing it just literally just taking it yeah we could try that too but taking it and then using it because sometimes trends on tiktoks are so driven by audios and 
some clients don't want to use it in ads, which is totally fine. So just humming it and then using that as the audio in the video content. That's a great hack. Yeah. People like to see it in the captions too. Like it's kind of like a, uh, it's a real badge of honor. I feel like to do that as an advertiser on TikTok. What's your go-to decade? What's your go-to decade of, of, of music you like to reach into your bag for? I usually say like with the, I feel like kids today really like the late nineties, early two thousands vibe. So anything that I like heard in the car as a kid <laughs> sped up and then add reverb to it, like from the early 2000s, usually works. We're talking Smash Mouth. We're talking Marcy Playground. I'm trying to think of other early 2000s. We're talking Blink-182. I was thinking more the Nelly Furtado vibe. Oh, Nelly Furtado. We're talking the- All Killer No Filler by Sum 41, actually. <laughs> Is actually what we're talking about right now, literally. Oh, that, was my, that was my first, I think it was my first CD I ever purchased. All killer, no filler. I, that's a little little Easter egg for those listening. That's where that name comes from, from a Canadian pop punk band called Sum 41 that released an album called Ajax, All Killer, rapping. No Filler. We were going to call that's it Take so Off Your Pants and Jacket after the Blink-182 album, but we decided not to. Um, so let's move on from that right away. Move on away from music to transitions. So what what kind of transitions do you find create attective, effective attention triggers in your, your TikTok ads? Yeah, this one's a fun one because I think typically transition content and like where transition trends are born from, it's almost always like a thirst trap on platform or someone doing something really exciting like traveling. So it presents this really silly opportunity, which I think always like the sillier your content is on TikTok, the better it's gonna perform. So it presents a really fun opportunity. It's also really cool for before and after type of content. So just to have someone do a transition, like someone will be doing it as a thirst trap, but like not using the product before and using the product after, I think is really interesting because you can't really get away with before and after content on Meta, but you definitely can on TikTok. And doing it in this way is very interesting. Like it's something that we know works in advertising. It's just tricky to do on other platforms, but on TikTok, you could go wild, have a good time. It's usually audio based, but... Yeah, would definitely just kind of creep around for the trends and then get as silly as you can and almost play up the fact that you're you're doing a thirst trap, but you're showing up product. I'm trying to understand this a little bit more. So I understand what a thirst trap is. That's basically where you have an attractive person, <laughs> someone wearing a Zara summer shirt, for instance, uh, in, in, yeah. in a video. Uh, and you're, you're, they're evoking thirst. And then what? And then it's just a quick pivot from that towards showing the product? Usually it's like... Um, so it's someone who's like not done up, you're in like your sweatpants and stuff, and then you'll kind of cover the screen or do a really fancy transition, and then it'll change. Usually it's accompanied by like a drop in the music, like the music will change. Um, and then, yeah, so I would probably position it as like, say I'm selling this sweater before I'm wearing a grimy old t-shirt, that's the start of the thirst trap. Afterwards, it's like mostly focused on the sweater, that's the sort of thirst trap idea. Same with like um, showing sort of a crappier version of the product sort of a comparison and then switching to the thirst drop the base drops and then you show that like your actual product is there an example of like a like actual like cpg product like non-apparel product i'd be curious how you would transition some of those yeah and, and specifically like have we done that for paid yeah we've done it for paid we did it a while ago um for a client it was actually a coffee bean grinder on tiktok So, and the transition at the time was really based on like lighting. So they had like this red light effect when the bass dropped and it worked really well. So we kind of just showed the silhouette of the product and then the bass dropped, we did the red lighting. It worked really well, almost like barely any text, barely any context about the product, but it was just organic and looked cool. 
I just, I think of that one meme of like a, a, someone wearing a baggy t-shirt and it's like, make that pistol pop. And then it like, and then it like jumps into a bathing suit or whatever, but it'd be great if it's like someone's holding like an air humidifier or something after like, this is really great. Or like something that's not a bathing suit just to like swap up expectations, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big reason why it's like so successful as a content type and like why I've seen it work so well is because it does like take um, something that people are used to seeing in one way and then it just makes it goofy, goofy and fun. Goofy and fun, you bring like I think that's such an underrated comment too. It's funny. I'm watching this show right now. I, uh, this, the third season of I Think You Should Leave comes out in a couple weeks. I think it's the funniest show on television, sketch comedy. But I found out that those two creators made a show a couple years ago called Detroiters. And it's literally about an ad agency. It's like Mad Men. And all they do is make the stupidest videos, the stupidest, goofiest videos that you can't imagine ever got made. But kind of the, the theme of the show is that this stuff works. It, can't, it really does grab attention, that, that random, weird, goofy stuff. Uh, it really does stand out quite often. Have you ever, have you ever seen that show, Avery? No. I no, but I feel like, like I would like it. Yeah, I probably would. I feel like I always think about like, Goodby and Silverstein would always talk about making like funny commercials and that really like drives how I make content on TikTok. Like that original principle of like making hilarious like Taco Bell commercials is kind of exactly how I approach TikTok, but it's just faster. So there's like more opportunities to make jokes, which is why the platform's so cool. And to subvert like, expectations, subvert trends, like you can set up so many things, like even just this idea of thirst trap and, and swapping out, right? There's all these different triggers that you could even like, that you can show and then like flip the script on in order to disrupt expectations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I feel like it also like, um, it helps you sort of like riff off of pop culture because I feel like that makes great advertising as well. And there's so much, so much culture within short form video content to kind of play off of. So like the sort of changing expectations up and making something not what people expect it to be is like way easier with transition content. Very cool. I think timing is an interesting aspect of transitions too. Like I was talking to Adam about this the other day, like the thirst trap kind of thing would apply to e-com. I think there's a, it would be an interesting test to run like a, a drop right at the very end of your piece of content where you basically leave the viewer wondering like what the hell did I just watch so you'd get your view rate up just like a complete curiosity provoking piece of content that actually leaves people wondering like it, it like intentionally leaves information out of the ad I think that would be an interesting uh, test to run for ecom. yeah I've like played around a lot with like how long can I wait before I show the product like how, how long can I get people to watch a video without actually showing them like what I'm advertising? And I find like five seconds is the sweet spot of like not being annoying, but also you've invested five seconds of your time, which feels like an eternity nowadays. <laughs> so it's like I'm more likely to click through once I've dedicated that time in. That is such a weird genre of video that I, and I haven't seen it used as much in ads because it's such a, it would be a risk, I guess. But like, there's so many, there's like one out of every 10 videos that the whole point is like, you don't know what's happening and you have to go to the comments to even try to figure out what's happening or like, or they make a mistake in the video. They say that one actor is another actor and they tell a whole long story when you're like, but wait a second, that isn't even that actor. Uh, it's like, you just have to like, there's all these like sub codes in every, and I think that's what you were saying, Avery, about being able to subvert expectations on this like micro level. It's because TikTok and, and Reels, they're so coded. They're so coded based on people's expectation because they're consuming so many videos uh, in a session. You just have all this time to build up all these, these little connections essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great like avenue for disrupting a feed. Want to delight your customers so they keep coming back for more? 
Tidio, the highest rated customer experience software on Shopify, helps online businesses gain and retain customers with personalized shopping experiences. With Tidio, you can recommend products and offer discounts based on user behavior and order history without leaving the chat widget. Tidio also takes the pressure off your support team. The app enables you to manage all your communication channels in one dashboard and automate up to 47% of recurring questions using AI. Increase customer satisfaction in sales with personalized shopping experiences. Visit tidio.com slash DTC and get an exclusive 20% discount for D2C podcast listeners. That's tidio.com slash DTC. So how else you have movement listed here? And I see that as a big thing that people use to capture attention. Yeah, movement's a good one. So I'm totally guilty of like the millennial pause, sitting down, making a talking head video, like the classic UGC style of like, hey guys, I love this product. Like, look at this product with me and you're not using it. You're not doing anything. It's just boring. I don't have a lot of this content in like my ad accounts, like this sort of talking head classic UGC review. Most of the time I like try to get creators to be as like active as possible. So mostly that revolves around what the product is. I feel like a good example is like if you're selling a like a travel mug, the juice of that product is not seeing someone holding a travel mug in their home. It's like, does it work on the bus? Can I throw it in a bag and take it to the beach? Like there's so many things that happen outside of your home with so, so many different products or even like within the home when you're using them. Like a good thing to think about is like those get ready with me videos. I don't know if you guys see these because they're usually makeup based. But it's just girls doing their makeup and telling a story. And it's how a lot of really popular creators like build the platform is doing these get ready with me style videos. So they're always doing something. They're always like active in the video, grabbing a new product, putting it on. They're moving around. It's fast cuts. And it's just interesting to look at. And usually what they're saying, like no tea, no shade, no pink lemonade is not that interesting. It's just what they're doing is really cool. So that's how creators get really big. So kind of mirroring that in your content as well. I do this a lot with like founders content. I find sometimes you get someone who started a company in front of the camera. It's a little stiff. It's a little uncomfortable. So I'll typically try to give them the product and say like, just like if it's a water bottle, fill up the water bottle, drink out of the water bottle, put your ice in it, set it up. And it just makes things a lot more organic feeling and also just interesting to watch. So there's like a twofold reason why movement is better than just sitting still. I think in a video it's a big attention trigger and also like I find usually it helps whoever's in front of the camera loosen up a bit and do a better, more engaging job. Yeah. I feel like a really simple test would um like if you if you do have that talking head style piece of creative in your ad account, separate your audio from your video and then play some movement clips in the first five seconds. And I guarantee you like that's gonna outperform your talking head and it's the exact same creative. You're just separating the audio and visual components. You mentioned millennial pause, and I just had to Google that because I didn't. I don't actually know what the millennial pause what? refers from. This is like I'm. I'm like I don't even want to say it. Like I'm an elder millennial. Let's let's call me, and I don't know what the, the millennial pause is. What is it, Avery? It is when you start filming and you aren't immediately doing something. So you start filming. You like put your camera down and you kind of do like a check, and then you start talking because it's oh, like interesting. You, yeah, you like I frame like, yourself or like frame what you're going to say, and there's a pause. I'm going to start doing that on the podcast, make everyone just uncomfortable with long pauses between my questions. I like it. Okay. Elder millennial pause. Yeah. It's like the very beginning of the video. You can always tell, like sometimes someone will just set it, like they'll set their phone down as they're talking already, but you can always like really tell how old someone is by like, do they put the video down? 
check to see if everything looks okay and then start talking, it just makes it feel a bit less organic. That's interesting. And yeah, and anytime you can show the product in actual use, not just being Vanna, Vanna White showcased, right? Like anytime you can see, it just helps people think of how it will fit into their lives, right? It'll it'll think of them on the bus or them on the go or, right? It just helps uh, kind of future pace people into, into what their life will be like with the product. Yeah, you see so many videos that are just someone holding a product and talking. Like you're so numb to it at this point, seeing it on your FYP or in Reels, like, that's so much of the content you see. So breaking that up and like disrupting that feed is um, yeah, really easy to do with movement, I find. What was the ad that got you most recently? Like what was the, what, can you think of an ad that you, I just, I'll, I'll bring up one that I saw this morning, but what, what's an ad that like got you recently that really like, that made you watch it, made you think I could, I could buy that? Yeah, it was, I know exactly the one. It was a high smile ad for tooth whitening toothpaste, but it was set up as a podcast. And they were talking about the most recent episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And they were like, did you see what Kimmy was... It wasn't even a recent episode, actually. They were just like, did you see what Kimmy was using? It was so crazy. And I was like, this is regular content I would watch, unfortunately. And it completely got me. And then I saw the sponsor. I was like, that's huge, guys. Nice one. What about you, Cam? Any from you? Oh, man, this is like so relevant for me right now. Um, I was a multi-frame ad for actually like a camping air mattress. Because one, I'm actually looking at those right now, but it was so good because like the opening was, uh, I think it was like a clip of someone stomping on an air mattress and it not being able to pop. And they're like talking about how, how easy it is to blow up and how strong it is. And it just felt like really engaging, honestly. And the multi-frame in this case was really good because like the top half was the video footage that I'm talking about. And then the bottom, I forget what it was calling out, like a price and a USB. It was just it was just a really good ad. I don't even remember the, remember the brand, but I was like, I would buy this thing. And I am just super juvenile, so I saw a gun that a bug assault 3.0, a gun that shoots large grains of coarse salt at bugs and kills them dead. And it was just a guy just killing a wasp that was in his house with shooting salt. So that that was one that got me. So I haven't bought it yet, but I thought about it like I would like that in my home. I've seen those. Yeah. Now, what about text? How do we use text to trigger? attention. I love text because it's a low lift, like great tool for iterations on a top performing piece of content, but also just good, obviously for like fresh content. But I think when you think about text comes back to that, like idea of like what's going on in the first two, three seconds of your video. So I feel like your text at that point should be encouraging people to stick around. It should be funny and it should also be sort of like peaking curiosity. So Trying to roll all those things into one is not always the easiest, which is why it's great for testing iterations. But yeah, it's a great way to sort of like early on engage people, let them know something funny is going to happen, let them know something that they don't expect is going to happen as well. Um, I tend to stay away from like the actual kind of like watch longer on this video to see dot, 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 because I just don't see it perform very well, to be honest. Um, But yeah, anything that can pique curiosity without like directly calling out, like keep watching this video is a great way to do it. I, I am a sucker for that. Anytime a video says like, make sure you watch to the end, like I want to see what happens at the end. And we actually, it's funny, we do that in the newsletter. We're always like, hey, stick around till the end so you get this thing. And so people kind of scroll down to the bottom. So be interested to put our heads together and some less overt tactics for getting people to watch. Yeah, I feel like it works sometimes, but as a paid ad, as like a reel or a TikTok, that's when it's not. 
It's not the hottest trend. One question I have about text is I'm curious if you navigate the conversation with clients about using platform native text versus some form of like branded text. And if there's any kind of test that you guys have run that like proves, I'm assuming that platform native text far outperforms any kind of branded text. Curious how you navigate that. Yeah. Platform native text like definitely um, way outperforms branded text. I don't have like an exact test. I feel like we did that before I came on, but yeah, it's like it always outperforms. And I basically just tell clients like from the get-go, especially on TikTok, that this is the way to do it. And I don't find a lot of um, apprehension around that, especially now. I think at, in the beginning when advertising on TikTok was just starting off, um, it was a bit more difficult to navigate that conversation. And it mostly we kind of brought it back to how much people hate ads on TikTok. Like TikTok is first and foremost an entertainment platform. So I want to be entertained the whole time I'm there. I don't want to see a commercial. I don't want to see like a really branded piece of content. I want to see a TikTok ad that looks like TikTok. Um, so it usually comes back to that conversation. But yeah, there's no no question in my mind. I don't think I've tested like branded fonts on TikTok in a very long time just because the, the watch through rates are insanely low. People just immediately identify it as an ad and keep scrolling. What are your go-to fonts? I'm going to guess Comic Sans has got to be up there. <laughs> No, just the papyrus. No, just the usual, like the two classic TikTok native fonts. I think it's like I can't say it. It's like Helvetica New or something. That's exactly how you say it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also like there is a place for if you go into TikTok, there are different fonts. Um, and I think it does. I usually tell clients like sticking with the classic. Platform native fonts is the best on TikTok, but if you have a product that's a bit more specific, fits into a niche, like maybe it's a bit like of a girlier type of product, you can add like some of the cooler fonts that they have in there, but just make sure that they are platform native fonts, that you're not going nuts in there. Nice. Not impact then. I just, I, that was my favorite font when I was in grade eight was if I was selling a bug assault 3.0, I'd use impact or that like black ops font. That's so cool too. Cause if you're trying to sell to like dudes, I think too, like <laughs> if you want to get real, uh, real organic feeling, like putting together like a weird PowerPoint with comic sans and using that on TikTok could slap. Like not using comic sans as like an overlay, but doing weird fonts like that as like a really gross looking piece of word art, that could slap for sure. So what you're saying is we should use Pilot House's quarterly uh, town hall meeting slide templates that we create every quarter where everyone just tries to outdo each other on how ugly and busy you can make your slides. So we should try to turn those into ads is what you're saying. Don't, ex- don't expose us like that. Yeah. <laughs> we, should, we should definitely <laughs> make a movie some, sc- some screenshots of our amazing <laughs> town hall presentations. Uh, nice. Okay, then what about emojis? How are we using emojis to trigger attention? I love emojis in all types of content. I have a couple of clients where like emojis play a huge part in our content. And it's sort of like text where it's like they should be doing the same thing. They should be encouraging people to watch longer. They should be funny. They should be piquing curiosity. And I think like I was thinking of emojis as like hieroglyphics, like a whole other language that you can speak and using them to like create a story or create the same sentiment as a piece of text, but with emojis and pictures can be really fun. Can you give me an example? Yeah, that's a good question. I think typically trying to think of a way to explain um, like a USP with emojis. And I like to do it as like, I call it emoji math. So usually it's like a person plus an emoji of the product equals some happy emojis, something like that. 
pretty easy to do and a nice like organic way to incorporate some like copy or emojis at the top of the video. And this is of course on screen, not in the text portion of the video. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually just as an overlay. Yeah. Big emojis. The other obvious one is like drawing attention. So like alert symbols or something. If you want to create like urgency in text using emojis, I feel like it just feels like a more organic way to do it. Yeah. I am a big fan of an emoji on either side of the text. So using text and emoji. And like Cam said, like the two alarms, like the eyeballs too are a big one because I feel like that always signifies like this is something worth looking at. Like might be a little secret, secret sale situation. One I've seen a lot recently is like, like this is your sign to do X or like yeah. to buy X or whatever. I feel like those are paired with emojis a lot of the time recently. If you're seeing this video, it's because you're very spiritually attuned <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> what about... Um... This is your sign. <laughs> this is your sign. I, yeah, exactly. I love those videos. I've always thought about doing one of those as an ad. Like, like the, seeing this, this is your sign to yeah. shop at Zara. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the stickers that people throw out? Like, what about the like the stickers and the patches and the little animated things of like Homer Simpson mowing the lawn or going like? Are you using those kinds of things? No, I typically don't use those kinds of things just because they don't feel always as like on trend and they're not as like easily sort of. Um, when I build content, like I build it with the idea in mind that I'm going to be iterating on it. So it's a lot easier to think of like emoji math or like adding emojis to the like either side of a sentence. Those are really quick like iterations where just like sticking uh, like Homer Simpson mowing the lawn sticker on something isn't going to give me a lot of data. <laughs> it's probably just like not super related to what I'm trying to do. So usually I stick with just the actual like emoji classic is what we can call it. I like it. Well, I'll just disappear into the hedges then. Uh, I think I, you say hieroglyphics. I'm a big Egypt guy. And I would just, why hasn't someone come out with like more, like a full set of emojis that actually are hieroglyphics? I don't want to say it was aliens, but it was aliens. Today's a weird Thursday episode. Uh, so let's move on from emojis. What's this last point about brands? How are you using brands to trigger attention in these ads? So, so, so far, everything we've talked about is how to like get, is like Trojan horse the brand in there, right? To get past the attention filters. So how are you actually integrating the brand in a way that, that closes the deal? Yeah, this is like brand focused content is content that I think works really, really well. Super top of funnel and also really bottom of funnel, which like the dichotomy there is really interesting to me, but yeah, kind of using the hype of a brand. So saying like, I got the brand and then product name. I, I finally got my hands on the like Eric Zara shirt would be something that would work really well. Cause like Eric has some hype to it and then you're putting in the product afterwards and it helps like build a bit of brand awareness. Also showing an actual logo in an ad just helps lead to higher sort of brand recognition down the line, especially when we're talking top of funnel, uh, which is a really interesting one because I think usually when you say to someone who does like more traditional, not TikTok advertising, include the logo, that means like slapping it on the top of the video. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's like a subtle flash of the logo, like especially those quick cuts you see work really well on TikTok, just showing the brand name. And like if it comes in a cool box with the logo, showing that really quickly. So it's not too in your face, but it's putting it out there so that people like down the road when they maybe see a more organic looking video for that product, they know what it is and they come in a bit more like problem and product aware. 
Another interesting application for brands, I think it's, I want to say it's Fabletics. I've been getting slapped with their ads recently and they've been doing a lot of comparison ads with Lulu pants. They're comparing their like ABC pants versus, uh, I think it's ABC or track pants versus Lulu pants. And they kind of like leverage the clout that Lulu has to compare that their pants against Lulu's and they use Lulu as like a hook, both in static and video. And the use of brand up front and in a comparison setting is an interesting one. Obviously you want to be like cautious comparing your product to another but the way that they're competing on price point, I thought that was a really interesting application of brand. Yeah, it's the whole like um, dupe culture on TikTok, where it's basically just like taking a brand that has a bit more recognition, but typically the biggest gripe people have is price point. And it's like, I found a dupe for this. It's a bit cheaper. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Does wonders. Especially in this economy. Yeah. I was going to say really interesting. Lulu did like a full dupe exchange. It was great content. So they had people basically come in, throw out their dupes that they purchased and buy the actual product to like combat that type of content, which is really a cool play and an interesting move because it's like you're totally owning up to the fact that it's more expensive. You just bite that bullet. But you're saying, you know, it's better. You know, it's going to last longer and all of these things. Cool. Well, I think that covers. So we got music, transition, movements, text, emojis, and then showing the brand in the right way to trigger attention. So I think that's a great collection for our listeners. And I wanted to end, this may end up being its own podcast, but I just wanted to end with a question that I started just before the pre-interview here. Because I've seen a bunch of people. I saw Ronak Shah uh, and uh, an Ashvin from Obvi making this statement. I saw Taylor Holiday from Common Third Collective making this statement that UGC is dead. Everyone loves to make big declarative statements. Affiliate marketing is dead. This is dead. UGC is dead is what is what people are saying. I've asked a number of people at Pilotos. I get a very nuanced answer. Um, but what what's your take on that, Avery? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. It's not something I prioritize. I think that when I think of UGC, I think of that person sitting in their very polished apartment holding up a product that they obviously don't really care for, saying like, oh my God, I just got this. I love it. It's so good. X, Y, and Z. And I think it ties to a lot of the attention triggers we were talking about because that style of UGC does not have these triggers. It's just a set up tripod with someone talking about something they got for free. And I think that type of UGC is dead. I think CGC and like actual brand made content is kind of where it's at nowadays. That like really organic feeling like, um, can kind of tell, it sounds really corny, but tell that's made with like a bit of love and like a bit of actual excitement about the product. I think that's the stuff that I see, like when I'm looking at accounts, I actually see perform really well, where I think like saying UGC is dead is like obviously a great attention trigger, but I don't mean like all types of UGC are dead. And I think there's like a time and a place for that type of content, but it's going to be really strong. And I think like bottom of funnel like a, a strong branded review of a product like Talking Head can work really well, but I just don't think it has the same effect that it did a couple of years ago. It's not as easy to um, convince people that something's popular just by paying people and having one video that says it's popular. <laughs> there to be a bit of actual clout, I think, now for that type of content to work. So if you had emojis, you'd say UGC plus attention triggers equals big yeah. bag of money equals cash you're speaking my language speak <laughs> equals cash money flying out the window nice cool avery it's always a pleasure when you come on the d2c podcast thank you for sharing these amazing attention triggers and for not triggering me negatively in any other way 
Um, Cam, thanks for showing up as well. This was fantastic. Always, always. Fun times. And if you want to work with Avery, just come on over to Pilot House and, and she'll get funky and weird with your ads as well. So I'll just throw that in there as a little plug at the end. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not getting the D2C newsletter, you can subscribe for free at directtoconsumer.co. And if you want to learn more about Pilot House's all-killer, no-filler services, take off to pilothouse.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.